Episode 98. The boys are back off their jollies, reunited to present to you the Potter Vision Podcast. Oh, we're back, listeners. We're finally back. Oh, it's been exhausting. Edinburgh, Lucas's wedding. I've just been on another holiday. I'm all holidayed out. I don't have any more annual leave days until May. <laughs> and I've got a job. What am I going to do? What's happening there? Can any of you help me out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the Part Vision Podcast. This is a really funny one. I think we've hit the ground running with this one. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, just a few updates. On the 4th of November, we're doing a live recording in Manchester of the Potter Vision podcast to celebrate the 100th episode. Do you want to come? Details on our website, pottervision.com. If you are a Patreon member, you get to come for free. It's a sign-up to our Patreon. The Potter Vision podcast is now every other week. So if you want... A podcast every week, you have to sign up to our Patreon to get our Double Vision episode. And the Double Vision episodes aren't about the chapters of the book. They're about all the Harry Potter related things. Like for the minute, we're doing a, we're doing an analysis. We're doing a breakdown of Goblet of Fire, the film. So we've just, uh, just been doing that. So honestly, right, good laugh. Really funny. I'd consider signing up if I were you. Cause also you get to support the boys. Uh, yeah, because we don't really make any money from doing this, and it costs us quite a bit of money to do it, and it takes up a lot of time, so it'd be lovely if you could support us, it'd mean the world. Um, yeah, because we don't get any sponsors. Other big podcasts, like, I don't know, all the other ones, they get a load of sponsors. We don't. We're relying on you, right? So if you can afford, I don't know how much a month, and then you'd get exclusive content... And maybe one day, if we've got enough Patreons, we could make it back weekly again, have a weekly podcast, put a lot more, put a lot more of our energy into it. Because at the minute, me and the boy were stretched too thin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, need I go on anymore? This is episode 98. <laughs> Good morning, Year 7s. Welcome to the Dumb Cunt Podcast. You are joined today by your host, the duo of Dumb Cunts. Dumb Cunt 1, say hello. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every other Monday, myself, Lucas <laughs> Kirkwin, this man opposite me, Tom Marvolo Lawrenson, we look at a chapter of the Harry Potter books, we don't read any other rubbish... And then we talk about them, don't we? Tom, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Do I look bronze? You do. You look like a bronze Adonis. You look a bit like one of those Cypriots, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, I'm not nearly as hairy. <laughs> Why are you bronzed? Have you been on holiday? I have been to the Isle of Cyprus. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, what, what were you doing there? It was my pal's 30th birthday, so he invited me and a gaggle of his other pals to the aisle to celebrate. I didn't know any of them. And it's interesting when you go away as like an add-on to someone else's party, you know, you're not, not yeah. being the main fixture, is that you get a lot less attention. 
than you normally do. I felt the exact same when I was at your wedding. I was like, I'm not getting any attention here. It's all about Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was about to ask you who you went with, even though I, I already know. I feel like I'm... Well, for the podcast, I'm pretending I don't know where you've been or what you've been up to so you can explain. But I feel like I'm listening to one of my Nana's stories that she's told before. You just pretend you've not heard it before. Keep her happy. Ooh, where have you been, Nana? Mm. Ooh, I've been to Cyprus. Mm. I know, Nana, I know. Yeah, you are. 20 like years a... ago, that was. You are like a Nana, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. very much so. It was very interesting. It was fun. Um, yeah. I I tanned my body, my supple, childlike body. The, the sun didn't know where to look when I had my naked body on the beach. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. I mean, I've seen a, an amazing video of you diving into a circle of men in the <laughs> sea. Very impressive. Why are you bringing that up for? It was like watching Tom Daly, can I just say. Tom was a fantastic diver. He had good posture. He entered he entered the sea without so much as a splash. Mm. It was very impressive. I was impressed with that dive, considering I've not dived for absolutely years. Years, yeah. years, heavens. Um, I was like, I thought, well, well done. And I dived in after a turtle. A turtle just before, a turtle had swam past. I dived in after yeah. it, and I grabbed it. And I bit its head off, a la Ozzy Osbourne. A la Ozzy Osbourne. Mm. Very good. Yeah. I, if I had a, if I was a judge, I'd have given you a six. Is that the maximum, a six? Or am I While I was away, I don't know. While I was away, the moon was in the sky. Mm. The sky was black, lit up only by stars. My phone started going off. Yeah. It was a call coming in from your mother with you on it as well, from Facebook. All right. What was that? I don't know. Did you answer it? No, well, I think I declined it. I was like, oh, I don't, want, don't know what that is. So, <laughs> what, what was it? I've no idea. I don't think I was even part of that call. You were. It said your mum was trying to call both of us. Yeah. Well, I don't think, now, she will be listening to this, so I apologise, Mother, but I don't think she knows how Facebook works, or Facebook Messenger, right? She created While the group, I was on, and then yeah, started it calling says Lucas us. and Susan. And then it started calling. Susan created the group, I just saw. Well, on Honeymoon, right, uh, we didn't have the internet in the room, so you had to go to reception if you wanted to uh, surf the web. So, I'm uh, I'm going on Facebook, right? And I see, ooh, Susan Kirkby's uploaded a story on Facebook. I'm like, my mum's never done a story on Facebook. I click on it, and it's two screenshots of, like, a letter from the bank <laughs> with personal information on it. So I, I had to text her and say, mum, you've, you've put this uh, thing on your story. She's like, what is it? So it's got like your address and your bank details on it and your phone number. Like, oh, I don't know how to delete it. So we had to do a tutorial. That's uh, a good that's but... a good story, Mum. <laughs> hey, it's had three likes and uh, mainly from Robbers. Oh but yeah. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is she's not a hundred percent au fait with 
Facebook Messenger or Facebook. Well, because I was talking to her the other day, and then I could hear my dad in the background going, why have I been invited on the call? You haven't been. We're just, uh, just talking on the phone. Mm. Who bloody knows? Yeah, um, I flew yeah. to Cyprus on a plane. I got on the plane. And people have a habit of doing this to me. And I'm beginning to think that maybe I am the problem. I was next to a Cypriot man on the plane. Oh, um, yeah. I was on the aisle. He was in the middle. And uh, I don't know what I was doing, but the plane must have made me a bit congested. And I was sniffing a bit like, like that. And he couldn't yeah. take it anymore, and he forced a tissue upon me. <laughs> Brilliant. Did you accept it, thankfully? Yeah, I was a bit embarrassed. I was like, oh, all right, cheers, nice one, whatever. And then, uh, yeah. And then on the plane back, let me tell you about this. I was writing my Potter Vision notes for this episode, and I was worried the man next to me. I was in the fucking middle aisle. Can you believe such a thing? Oh, the middle seat. one. No, I was in the middle seat between two strangers. They didn't know each oh, other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three of us sat together. I sat in the fucking middle, right? Pardon my French. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, that's an English swear, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm sat in the middle, and I get to my seat, and there's a guy who thinks I want to get past, and I go, oh, I'm also in this aisle. And he goes, Cypriot man, he goes, give me a moment. And I go, take your time. Yeah. Oh, he's got a lovely voice. That was lovely. Well, that was my voice. Give me a moment. All and, right. Uh, he takes fucking ages to get all these bits out to put his bag in the overhead locker, right? He's getting yeah. everything out. He's getting a banana out. He's getting a he- headphones out. He's, he got two pairs of headphones out. He got uh, an iPad out, a little a, yeah. a little baggie, or a drink, all this stuff. It takes him ages. And he's going so slow. Yeah. I regret saying, take your time, because he took the piss with that. Whereas I don't want to be inconvenienced to anyone. I don't even put my bag in the overhead locker. I just put it by my knees. No, it's fine there. I'm fine with having that by my knees in the five hour journey because I don't want to be an inconvenience to anyone. So, anyway. Yeah. Man's wearing shorts and a vest. Of course, you're wearing a vest. You're going back to England. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, exactly. And he had, he was a littler man with big muscles. And would you believe this man had his skin on my skin for the entire journey? Oh, lovely. Is this arm on arm I come from the school as if you're on a plane, you should sit slap banging in the middle. If you're in the middle, you get both armrests because you've got nowhere else to go, have you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's taking them both on his side. He's on the aisle. He's having both armrests. I try and get a bit, and he like puts his skin on my skin. And I'm thinking, he'll move. He's, our hairs were intertwangling. Even had his leg on my leg at one point. We were both in shorts. Oh. Hairy leg on hairy leg. And I was like, I got to a point where I was just like aggressively doing this. Anytime he touched my skin, I go <laughs> like that. Pull my arm away. Yeah. L- looks a bit bonkers. Um, but honestly, I was about to ask this man. Do you have ADHD or whatever the Greek Cypriot letters are for such, uh, you know, thingy condition? Alpha Delta something Delta. He would not stop moving the entire flight. He, had, yeah. he got to a point, I can't do this. I've never seen anyone do this, where a full-grown man was sat cross-legged next to me. Yeah. Bloody hell. Who sits cross-legged on a, pl- on a plane? Greek, Greek alphabet. Yeah, well, that's good. No, you don't. You don't do that, do you? You don't sit cross-legged 
on a plane, right? We oh, all know that. that from school. Oh, look, he's repeating my information back to me. He was listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proving. Oh, it's it's Eater. Brilliant. So he might have had Alpha, Delta, Eater, Delta. And this scumbag, for lack of a better word, um, he starts watching something on Netflix. And I think he's watching right, you, German. You don't... Right, planes are not for you, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it's good for you, and I don't think it's good for anybody else that you should travel on a plane. It just he's upsets watching, you. He's watching some drama or something. He gets to the end of the episode, yeah. and he starts laughing and clapping. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, where are you from? Are you from Planet Zod? <laughs> <laughs> It must have been uh, Mr. Bean or something to, to get that response. Mm. Yeah, interesting. And also, people yeah. kept whiffing. People whiffing all over the airport, just farting. Good Lord. Yeah. Where is the man with the napkin now? Yeah. What's been, go- what's been going on with, with a you? bag of corks? <laughs> That'd be funny. Someone was parping off and he pops his head through the chairs. Here, have a cork. Mm. Mm. Very good. So what did you get up to apart from being on the beach and diving into a circle of blokes? God, you're nosy, aren't you? Um, (laughs) I was on a boat, um, had a meal out, um, sat by a pool, and then I spent two days travelling to and from this place. Lovely. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, because we didn't cover the whole thing last time. Still reminiscing about my wedding day, yeah? I'm still a newborn groom. Yeah. My wife, a newborn bride. Yeah. Baby's in love. We're we're in love. Baby's in love. Baby's in love. (laughs) It'd be a good film, that. (laughs) Don't search that film online, listeners, unless you want your laptop taken off you. Look who's talking smutty. I don't know. So, we're... Uh, yeah, we, never, we talked about the ceremony, but we never talked about the, the party on the Saturday and the Sunday. And, Tom, would you agree it was bloody great? It was amazing. It was fantastic. It was... the Yeah, oh my God, the energy. It was wild. They plopped me, you... Uh, and the other two in the car. <laughs> yeah, and then we arrived and... Uh... We get there. They make us sit in the car for a bit. Um, I've got yeah. three loonies in the back. I'm in the front, uh, and there's three yeah. loonies in the back of the car singing high school musical songs. We're all in this together. And unironically, and I'm looking back through the mirror concerned, and they're like, <laughs> it's like they're in High School Musical, getting eye contact with each, with each other. This sounds like one of Tom Lawrenson's lies, right? Uh, last time he was on about <laughs> the priest having a Help I'm a Fish DVD. That was a lie. This is true. We were singing High School Musical uh, in the wedding car. I'm looking up. True. I'm looking up in the thingy, really concerned. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. We're all in this together. Th- holding hands, fingers interlaced, all three of them. Come on. Oh, oh. 
Yeah, then we got there, and then they let us out the car everyone. eventually. Everyone's in yeah. there. We walk down the red carpet. Bum 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 bum. Two red coats have uh, microphones, uh, and they are mm, the leaders of the reception day, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were in charge. They're in the, doing the logistics of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. as well as singing, leading the games, doing the disco. I thought they were fantastic. The amount of... I wasn't expecting them to do so much. They were like... They, they did so many hours. I thought they were really good. Were they on a fair whack? Well, I don't know. don't know specifically. <laughs> I'll call <laughs> I'll call Derek. Um, they weren't ever his what? Um, anyway. Uh, I think a glass was smashed or something. Oh Martina. yeah! So at the beginning, we had to uh... yeah. They wrapped they wrapped a glass in a handkerchief, and Martina and Lucas both stamped on it. Yeah, we threw it on the floor, and then <laughs> uh, and then we had to clean it up. And then there were all these. Uh, there was like you... a lot of traditions like that. You were making a meal of that. I was like, why has this not been swept up already? It just goes to show that Lucas Kirkby does not do any housework because he could not sweep up a bit of broken glass. <laughs> well, because I was doing that, and then there was other like traditional things, and people from my side of the family kept asking, "Oh, what's this?" or "Oh, what's happening now?" I didn't have a clue what was going on. I didn't know I was going to be uh, sweeping up some glass. The thing is, but it was all uh, you, was all Lucas. Fun. You, Lucas Kirkby, you think you're better than me, but you're just as bad as me because you do not want to deal with... You don't want to learn new information. You only learn a a bit more new information than I do. Because if someone (laughs) asks me a question, I'm like, I don't know. So I'll I'll put a problem to you and you'll go, it'll work itself out. Because you can't be bothered with the problem. So your whole wedding, people asking you question. Lucas, will there be any food served today? Uh, I'm yet to know. I'm yet to know. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I should just look at myself and think, you know, should I have asked more questions about my own wedding in the lead up to it? Maybe I should have done. But I did enjoy the, uh, the surprising... Nature of the things that were going on. It was bloody good fun. He I enjoyed the games we- that they did, those two uh, red coats. He wanted his wedding to be a surprise party. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was marrying Martin. That's all I needed to know. It was perfect. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, so there was like a big line of everyone. Everyone said hello's here. And then we immediately... Did we do conga, then sit down? When did we conga? I think there were a few congas, weren't I think there? we congered first because they put a hat on me and made me lead the conga, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, because you were best man. Yeah, they put a hat on me, made me lead the conga, um, and then was going round, and that there was too many people for that conga in that room. <laughs> it was everybody, wasn't it? They went in and out of the tables. Yeah. Too many people. Then we sat down. Um, I think we had some chicken noodle soup. Oh, yeah. Glass of Pepsi. No, a Coke. And then uh, we did some speeches, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did our wedding speech. And this, I at this point realised, right? Yeah. At this point I realised 
that Polish people do not do wedding speeches. Yeah, it's not part of the normal uh, the normal so, day. So this was a West. Well, they're in the West as well. This was a UK tradition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that we yeah. were like putting onto them. So I'm not sure. Maybe they've seen wedding speeches from films, but. For them, this must this was must have been a weird segment of the day where three speeches happened. Anyway, these yeah. three are going to say a speech. Yeah, yours was very good. I very much enjoyed your speech. Did you really? Yeah, it had the right balance of wit, charm, and nice sentiments about the day. The issue was when it's being translated as speech, it doubles the length of the speech. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to cut a bit out. I was like, oh, just leave that bit, whatever. This is going on for too long. I'm losing the Polish side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things get lost in translation, don't they? But uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you enjoyed my speech as well. Oh, you're, you're a beautiful speech. Yeah. It, it was so romantic, you know, you hit all yeah. the key points and you had the classic Lucas Kirkby tropes of some weird alienating jokes that no one seemed to understand. <laughs> mentioning <laughs> Meghan Markle, uh, mentioning uh, Greta Thunberg, mentioning... I didn't mention I Meghan Markle, I didn't Elon. mention Kim Jong-un. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and may we yeah. all do a bow to Kim Jong-un. <laughs> But it's a funny when you're doing a best man speech and a joke doesn't land. The heartbreaking of knowing it's that then going to be translated into Polish and it's not going to land again. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, thank goodness, we've only done stand-up comedy in Britain. Because I think dying on your ass in two languages would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? It's interesting, right, because... I did my best man speech. Um, if you want, we can like put it out. We can. I think someone recorded it, so we could probably put it yeah, on. We'll the see pa- about that. Yeah, we'll put it on the Patreon. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. But there's this trope. I was like, other best man speeches are really like mucky. I tried to be. I, that's not really my style. I'm very. Things about me. I'm a prude. I don't like smutty humour. I like yeah. to keep things clean. Right. But you get yeah. other people's best man speeches, like, oh, the best. The, like, they all sing, this is not anything I'm saying. They all say things like this, oh, the, the bride's a slag. And you're like, excuse me. Yeah. They can be really inappropriate, can't they? Or like dragging up the uh, the groom's sexual history or something, or insulting yeah. the mother in law. And you think, bloody yeah. hell. And then you're like, so oh, I'm glad there was none of that. Got to continue with the rest of the reception, have we? Lovely. Yeah. And then it was a full day of dancing, eating, some drinks were had. Yeah. Well, a lot of drinks were had. I think we were both very merry. You were merry on the the Sunday, but you kept claiming to me and everybody else that it was impossible for you to get drunk again. You were saying, oh, no, I got so drunk on Saturday that it's not possible for me to get drunk again today. You were hammered at the time. I don't know what you're talking about, right? Let me tell you something. The thing is about you is, and your hey. family, all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Not Martina's side. I would never say yeah. this about Martina's side. But you and your family, you're a bunch of liars, right? I was hey. sober as a fox the whole weekend. 
You were drunk as a skunk. Your uncle came up to me and he was like, you were drunk last night. I was like, and why weren't you? This is a wedding. Right? What are you doing? It's a wedding of your only nephew. And he's over there crying. Look at him crying yeah. in his three-piece suit. Yeah. I was crying. Sat his bow tie because his uncle wasn't drunk. <laughs> his mum's drunk. His dad's drunk. Yeah. Hell, his brother-in-law's drunk. His brother-in-law's drunk for 50 of us. Alid Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But what a pair of days. Hey, we even had a, a tractor parade that wasn't planned. you you got to stop bringing up this tractor parade. Why? Well, every time I bring it up, you shut it down. But it's an interesting thing, isn't it? I'll tell the story. Halfway yeah. through the wedding, uh, no, this is on the th- this is on the third day. We're not got to the third day yet. All oh, right, yeah, we're well, still on Saturday. He wants to skip forward to the Sunday. On the Sunday, uh, Lucas interrupted the wedding. He said, "Everyone, everyone, run outside now. There's a tractor going through town. Go outside, go outside." And we went outside, and they were having a tractor parade. Different uh, tractors of uh, the area. We're all driving through the village, throwing sweets at people. There was uh, some funny tractors that went round with one where somebody's legs were coming out of a hay bale. Look, there was a point, right, where a child was on a tractor throwing sweets and he threw some at Lucas and Lucas goes, a child throwing sweets at me? What is this? Opposite day? I didn't say that. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I don't remember that. You know, normally it's me throwing sweets at children I don't know. I was like, all right, don't know what that means. Um, I, get, I looked at your mum, Susan, and she went, just ignore it. It's his day. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But hey, it was good. Amy mum got to be a gorilla, didn't she? Uh, I don't know what you mean by that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all in all, it was a bloody fantastic weekend, and I'm so glad I could share it with you, Tom, and other friends and family. It was interesting. We were playing this game where a bag was being passed round, a la pass the parcel, and when it stopped on you, you had to put your hand in the bag, pull out a hat, put it on your head, and then join a ring of ring of roses in the circle, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everyone was like, no, don't give me a hat. I can't be like... Um... You know, if the bag came to them, they try and get rid of it immediately. And you're like, you're only stood in a different circle. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> What's the but threat? That might have been embarrassing. So I said my mum had to put a gorilla mask on her head. Right. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. <laughs> what else could it have been? Exactly. Now, Tom, you what? Let me tell you something. Yeah. It was a lovely wedding, and I can't believe I was invited, and what an honour it was to be your best man, and to be there watching you and Martina get lawfully wed. Thank you so much. What a lovely thing to say. Considering now, all the things, I got uh, some more things to say. I was, oh listening, yeah, I was listening to an old episode of the podcast. Oh yeah, like slow episode, holiday was it? Episode no, it was on the plane. This episode yeah. like twelve. Right. 
What a different podcast it was. Really? Oh my god. In no half way, an hour, way. <laughs> no half an hour intros. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, uh and so much enthusiasm. No talk of hate or misery or threats to kill oneself. Yeah. <laughs> it was very different. <laughs> They were the good old days, right? Mm. You're stuck with us now, listeners, as we are, yeah? Accept us as we are, or... No, we'll just keep listening. Are you coming to the live recording on the 4th of November? Hopefully, it's in Manchester. Yeah. How, how, how are things selling for that? Yeah, good. I think we've sold about uh, 20 tickets. Fucking um, hell. Yeah, so it'll be nice already, but uh, I think there's still... Still about 30, 40 left, so feel free to come along. It'll be really nice. And then we could uh, we could have like a live Hedwig's droppings at the end. So if you want to come with your questions or yeah. whatever you want, it'll be great. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. Let's have that bloody rundown, you sour old git. Chapter 98. Well, episode 98. Chapter 4 of The Order of the Phoenix. Number 12, Grimald Place. Suddenly, a house appears in the middle of two houses, right? Pushes the houses out. It's dank. It's dingy. It smells a bit of piss, if you don't mind me saying. <coughs> Harry goes in, and Mrs. Weasley wraps her little ginger arms around him and says, Welcome home, son. But go upstairs. Daddy's got to meet him. Right, so mm. they go for a meeting, and Harry goes upstairs where he meets Ron and Hermione, and they have a right old argument. Yeah, Harry's like, "Why haven't you been in contact? Why haven't you been telling us the truth?" Ron and Hermione are saying, "Dumbledore said no. We listen to Dumbledore. It's for your own safety." And he goes, "Whatever." Next minute, we're hearing gossip about Percy. Percy has been kind of excommunicated from the family he's living in london and he's had a, a promotion in the ministry of magic mm. and uh, he doesn't want to be associated with anyone who supports dumbledore and that includes his own dad his next brother <laughs> his own brother. next minute the back downstairs somebody accidentally drops an umbrella stack an umbrella rack and wakes up the painting of Sirius Black's mum. And she goes, oh, I hate you lot. And Sirius arrives and says, that's me mum. Mm. That was chapter four. Number 12, Grimald Place. What a chapter. Yes. They rock up outside the house and Harry's like, 11? 13? Where's number 12? Look across the road. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> I wrote that. You've lived in Britain all your life. Do you not know how the roads work? Odds on one side, evens on the other. Also, right, so this house has been there for, what, centuries or some shit? Yeah. hundred years? However long. Imagine. Something like to, that, yeah. Imagine every time you wanted to go home, having to wait outside for your house to inflate. Nightmare. Uh, come Can I on, just say not? Not to turn the tone dark, but imagine you're running away from a predator. 
and you're trying to get in. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, imagine a wolf, let's say. You're being pursued by a wolf. Right? You want to get your keys in the lock quick. I don't want to have to wait for the two bloody next-door neighbours to shift and then for my house to appear mm. before I can get in. That's no good, is it? No, it'd take a while. Well, I'd just accept death at that point if a wolf was chasing me. I'd be yeah. like, oh. Right. I'm going to be a wolf's dinner. It's my own fault. Maybe I'll be an American werewolf in London. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Cockney werewolf in Albuquerque. That'd be a good He wants to see a Cockney werewolf in where? Albuquerque. Yeah? Can somebody make that for me? This chapter has begun to get interesting, isn't it? He's been moved to a new house. For once, they were not going to the Weasleys because the Weasleys' house, I don't know, it's a bit stale, isn't it? Are we going to the borough? No. Stupid. But unfortunately for me, as a reader, as a listener, the Weasleys are here. Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. (laughs) Oh, and here comes descriptions of all their bodies. Jesus Christ. Ron is tall with a long nose. Uh, the Red and George are stocky and smaller than Ron. Well, why did you make him tall in the film? You didn't just make him <laughs> tall, you made him excessively tall. Yeah. Honestly, you call yourself our mother. I am Fred, actually. Ooh, you can make yourself hot under the collar by thinking of Weasleys, can't you? Oh, definitely. It doesn't <laughs> take much to make me footage. Mrs. Weasley is thinner and paler than ever. He's got a keen eye for people's appearance, Harry, doesn't he? He's one of the most shallow boys in the world. Ooh, look how... This is the thinnest I've ever seen your mother, Ron. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, I know, and pale as well. I don't think I've ever noticed the weight of anyone's mother in my life. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I'd notice a difference either. We just we just take people for as they are, don't you? You take people for as they are. But I was thinking, no, like every single house we ever see in these films is either like dark or dingy or stinky or smelly. Nobody's got a nice house. <sighs> You've either got the borough, which is like cluttered and higgledy piggledy you've got the black house you've got buddy malfoy manor dark as you like it's all horrible godric's hollow and so on the shrieking shack mm. and with magic you could sort it all out in 10 minutes oh that is one of the big oh might as well just say it now right so this house is a tip isn't it yeah it's a shithole it's filthy it's like covered in muck right yeah and it's been that way for a summer. It's like, why have we got now three chapters on cleaning it? This is, we've got three chapters all about cleaning it. Sorry, Isn't guys. It? Is that the, what we've got to look forward to? Yeah. Why haven't you just used magic to clean the old... Honestly, I, I was on the plane. I had this guy next to me. I was booking back and forth, reading these chapters, because I was like, use magic to clean it. Use magic to clean it. Snape's going to, what's he called, Sirius Black. How's Gary getting on with cleaning the house? Use magic to clean it. Why is that his job? Why why are people living in a mucky house? 
No, and it turns out that it's the job of Ron and Hermione to clear it all out. Fair enough, get them to help with a couple of tasks, but it's not their job to clear out the whole building. And they're not just cleaning, they're like sorting through all the junk of a stranger's house. Right, Sirius, this is your house. Right, you know get it clean, get it we swept. Need, we need that purse Hermione had in, uh, what's it called? Fucking Deathly Hallows. And they just need to put everything in that, right? You know, like the Mrs. Uh, what's it called? A Mary Poppins purse where everything goes in there. Yeah. Uh, you not thought about that, have you? In your meetings? Mary Poppins purse. <laughs> you not seen Mary Poppins? <laughs> Come on. Everyone's seen Mary Poppins. <laughs> Serious. You've seen Mary. You've not seen Mary Poppins. <clears throat> it's a classic. Absolute classic. We start off. This is the Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix is such a stupid name. Yeah. Order. Everyone knows order means command, doesn't it? Yeah. You want to call it Phoenix Club. <laughs> so much better. Phoenix Club. Although that does sound like a shit thing you'd go to at dinner in school. <laughs> that you don't really <laughs> want to go, but because you've not made friends yet, your teachers are making you go to Phoenix Club. <laughs> oh, don't don't want to go to Phoenix Club. It's going to well, make all the other boys jealous, though. Yeah, exactly. Wish I was going to Phoenix Club. What do they do in Phoenix Club? They're plotting to kill a man. Plotting to bring the downfall of the world's greatest terrorist. Well, every lunchtime, yeah, every lunchtime. Do you get to bring your dinner with you, or do you have to eat it first? Yeah, you have to eat it first. I'm not coming. Also, in the Order of the Phoenix, there's about seven of them. I know. Seven You've not people, rallied a few more together. Seven people are put with the task of bringing down the Dark Lord, and one of them is someone's daft mum. <laughs> right. And when I say that, Right, I mean, see, from what I've read in these books, it seems like Mrs. Weasley has done nothing for the past 30 years. Mm. Yeah. What's she been up to? But you're right, there's like, there's two married couples and a teacher. So when Mrs. Weasley kills Bellatrix Lestrange in uh, Deathly Hallows, yeah. and she goes... She goes, she gives a wand out and she goes, take that, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't an exaggeration, is it? No, something like that. Not my daughter, you bitch, or something like that. She says bitch, definitely. She says bitch. Hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean. It, like they, they might have more members, but if this is the meeting, and the meeting place is this dingy old house, not doing very well, are they? Yeah. This is all we've got to fight Voldemort, you lot. We literally... <laughs> right. Our security needs sorting out, because my son's been listening in with an extendable ear. Right. If he's getting in, we've got no chance defending against Voldemort. Mm. Yeah? He could kill us. Do you, want, do you know what? If they kind, of, they kind of think that Fred and George have got these abilities where they can just do anything, 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Why don't we get Fred and George to make a sweetie that kills the Dark Lord or kills Horcruxes? Right. Dark Lord Toffee. Right. They make a Dark Lord Toffee. He eats it and it's poison. <laughs> Come back. We're thinking of all these things. The order of the Phoenix have got, like, Harry's, we talked about it the other time, Harry's got this thing where he can make people inflate. Inflate the Dark Lord. <laughs> Give him a Dark Lord toffee. It's a piece of, shoot him. Shoot him. Oh, it's a piece you of could, piss. You could so easily hold up your cloak like that and have a little, have a little gun behind it, couldn't you? 100%. <sighs> yeah. Oh! <laughs> He's not that quick. Oh! Yeah. Oh, well, you know when him and Voldemort are like locked with the spell between them, where the two mm. ones are locked. Someone come in and shoot him while he's doing that. Someone of Adakadav. Can't the defend Dark... against that. Avadakadav the Dark Lord while he's doing that. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh! It's the perfect <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, while he's doing that, <laughs> slit his neck. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What more do you need to stick a wand up his nose? <laughs> yeah. Easy. No, Harry, no, we have to stretch it out over seven books. As always, Harry is the last to get to where the action is, isn't he? They always go and get Harry last. Yeah. I, I just want one book. I just want one book where Harry gets to the Weasleys before Hermione. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand Ron being there, because obviously he's <sighs> their family, but... <laughs> Why does she get to come early? Am I only Harry... barely seen you this year? Sorry, Mum and Dad, I've got to be with Ron. <laughs> I know. And and she's the one at least at threat. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Keep Harry in your protection. Right. So, Harry, after finding out that Ron and Hermione had kept him in the dark all summer, he is now furious with them. Oh, he's got a right bee in his bonnet. He's got a right bee in his, for lack of a better word, bonnet. Right, And he said, on this bit of text, honestly, I loved it. It said, the warm glow that burned inside him at the sight of his two best friends was extinguished as something icy flooded the pit of his stomach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. loved it. All of a sudden, after yearning to see them for a solid month, he would prefer Ron and Hermione would leave him alone. I love this feeling. Yeah. Wait, you look at the ones you hold dear to you in pure resentment. You realize you've betrayed me. You Mm. have gone off to become a selfish person, knowing full well the consequences of your actions. <gasps> Dumbledore told us not to. I don't care. I'm your best mate. <laughs> Is Dumbledore yeah. your best mate? Or am I your best mate? What's it going to be? Yeah. Yeah, I should have doubled down on that. I think he just came out of it a bit the wrong way. It was full of rage, full of, uh, you know, annoyance, but Genuinely, whatever Dumbledore says, do you really think me knowing about it is going to change what's going on? And eh? he, d- he does something so psychotic that I absolutely love. He's refusing to make eye contact with them while at the side of the room just stroking Hedwig. 
Yeah. It's like swimming out of James Bond, isn't it? You know, like stroking the cats <laughs> or whatever. It's turning into a megalomaniac. Harry, please look at us. Tom, please bring that seagull to any meetings we may ever have together. Because you stroking that is like... I think they'd do anything we wanted. Oh, for the listener, I'm I'm stroking a porcelain seagull. (laughs) Uh, For anyone not seeing it, he's stroking a porcelain seagull. We've all done it. Very menacing. Yeah. Well, I think this is a theme of this book, The Dark Streak Inside. Harry, he's got a dark streak of piss inside him. I really related to him because he was in this room at this point, a black hole of emotion, really ruining an atmosphere. I really respect a person who can go into the room and suck all the life out of it. Yeah, it's a talent. I don't have that talent, I don't think. You have to you be a very do. special individual to be able to ruin the you atmosphere. Right when you're in a little mood, oh, eh? just ask your mum and dad. When he's in a mood, oh, you don't want to get Lucas Kirkby in a mood. Oh. No. I'm like a man in a mood. Right. Mm. And you don't want that, do you? <laughs> now, there's a bit where they're talking to Harry and he hears... Somebody sniggering out of sight doesn't investigate that at all or ask who it is. For me, if I was having a serious conversation and I heard somebody behind a corner going, <laughs> I'd be like, who's that? I wouldn't think, I'll ignore that. No idea what that is, but I'll never give it a second thought. Mm. Mm. I'd, I would just assume it's like, you know, some uh, well-wisher enjoying one of my jokes. <laughs> I'll assume it's a well-wisher, yeah. So he's flipping yeah, out these up. two, yeah, isn't he? And rightly so. Yeah. Or could you say he's losing his mind, screaming at his only two friends, for they were only following orders? Would he lambast German soldiers for only following orders? No, he wouldn't, would he? He'd leave them alone. No. I think from you what know the four and a bit point. books we've read, I think we know that Harry would not say anything face to face with uh, the Gestapo, for example. Yeah, he'd keep his mouth shut. We rest our fucking cases. <clears throat> <clears throat> Now, we get all the other Weasleys, don't we? And we hear about these extendable ears, right? Lads, get you some microphones. Do you know what I mean? It's easy to bug somewhere, hide something in a cupboard, a little bug microphone, anywhere. attach it to something. Get an AirPod. Yep. Attach it to your phone. Uh, see that ear thing there? Yeah. Press that. Leave your phone in the room, walk off with your AirPods to be able to hear everything everyone's saying about you. Yeah. Had and George Weasley, come on. Buy yourself a set of AirPods. Yeah. Harry's I've just giving you a grand. <laughs> yeah. Harry's just giving you a grand. Get yourself some AirPods and, a, and an iPhone and sort yourselves out. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, 
you're wasting time unraveling bits of string with an ear on the end of it. What's that? <laughs> Watergate, is it? <laughs> and also, no if you good. want a device to make me sick, make it any shape, boys. Why has it got to be an ear? That's disgusting. That is disgusting. No. Of all and the, the string epi- is like all- skin colour as well. Of all the items on a human body that look revolting when cut off, ear is yeah. one of them. Boys, I'd rather you had an extendable anus. Honestly, <laughs> I'd rather you had one of them. <laughs> They're disgusting. Please <laughs> have an extendable anus. All right, <laughs> listen in with that. <laughs> Bill has been giving Fleur a load of private lessons. Yeah. What's the implication? <laughs> Well, I think they're implying they're a bit romantic. Fleur well, has moved to yeah. England to get a job at the ministry, right, uh, to improve her English. And Bill has been giving her a load of private lessons. What are you saying? Uh, why, pri- why, why the word private? Why has that been thrown in there, the word private? Bill's been giving yeah. her a load of lessons. Bill's been giving her a load of private lessons bill can have a word with you what's that i'm a fleur's english teacher how come the only word she knows is suck my knob what's that about (laughs) we've only had a couple of lessons it's early days but for me like if you want to learn english why go to the goblin bank because she's doing a work experience at gringotts they only speak in like two words Sentences. Why are you going there to learn English? Adjectives, please. Verb endings, please. Right, Fleur. Preferred you when you just had a French accent. Why are you talking like a goblin? (laughs) I feel like this... They've just put this... There's no reason for these two to get together. <laughs> wait, wait, I've got one, I've got one. Oh. And does... <laughs> and does Bill Weasley have a condom? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. But I was reading this, I was like, there's no need for this extra plot point. Like, there's no way on earth these two would ever get together in real life. What is... Bringing them together. Do you know what I mean? Like, why would some... Because she's a lot younger than him as well, I'm assuming. Because he's already out of school. He was in school last year. Why would she come to Gringotts? Why would Bill come back to Gringotts? And why would they be together? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, does it? Something is going on at the Ministry. For yeah. Dumbledore's name is now Mud. Mm. It all happened at the end of the last book when Fudge and Dumbledore talked about Voldemort's return. And Fudge refuses to believe it. Mm. This whole pl- I think this is the most frustrating plot thread in the whole of these books. I think we've talked about it before where we hate the plot device where people don't believe other people. Or like, people don't believe children. When children say, oh, I've seen this, and they go, no, you haven't, it was just a dream, or blah, blah, blah. 
And for me, this whole thing about the ministry not believing in Voldemort's return is just stupid to me and annoying. And I don't like it. Mm. Right. All this Dumbledore chat is boring the life out of me, right? Yeah. They would, oh my god, the amount of times he said Dumbledore, 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 I love you, Dumbledore, Dumbledore, Dumbledore's at the ministry, Dumbledore, 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 Fudge's always been jealous of Dumbledore, right? Yeah. Shut up about Dumbledore. Yeah. There's only one sentence that I want to hear in this book. Do you know what that is? What? Don't kill Cedric. He's going to kill me, ma'am. Where is your mum, Potter? Is he dead? Who's Cedric? Your boyfriend? He's going to kill me, ma'am. And if you can't say that, Ron and Hermione, then don't say anything at all. I don't want to hear it. So shut up about Dumbledore. At least now, I'm not Harry, afraid of my pillow. At least I'm not afraid of my pillow. Fair enough. Who's Cedric? Your boyfriend? We should call, rename this to the Don't Kill Cedric podcast. Yeah. What about speaking of which? That's grown on me since last week. Has it I don't really? Know if that, was that a Patreon episode we talked about that? I don't know. I don't know. But I had, the merry I, I had the merry idea that we renamed the Vision podcast to Speaking of Which. <laughs> but now we've got a new contender. It's Don't Kill Cedric. We like that as well. Or... At least we're not afraid of our pillows. <laughs> At least we're not afraid of our pillows. To an outsider, what is that podcast about? At least we're not afraid of our pillows. Could be about anything. Now, Harry is getting some very negative press in the Daily Prophet. They're taking the piss out of him a bit, aren't they? Go on. Well, I just think there's nothing worse than people writing things about you and everybody having a negative view or an incorrect view of who you are as a person. I think that drives me mad. Oh, my God. There's nothing that infuriates me more, and all my loved ones do this to me, is they don't let me finish my sentences. They jump to conclusions because I can tell everyone thinks I'm thick as shit. And that's just you, yeah, you do yeah. it. You, everyone does it to me. My girlfriend does it. Lucy does it. Well, they're the same person. But <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my family do it all the time. I'll say something. I'll be like, um, I don't know. Try and think. I'll try and think of an example. Something yeah. like, um, uh, <laughs> uh, let's say this. Um, yeah, I can't even fucking think of an example, but people do it to me constantly. Let's say this. Well, you have to bear with me. I'll cut out the silence afterwards. Yeah. For this, for example, I'll say to you, we'll just be like, um, we'll go like this. Oh, we, I'll go, we need to record an episode and you'll stop me before I can finish. And you'll go, we've just recorded an episode. And I'll go, let me finish. We need to record an episode for two weeks' time. And you'll go, oh, yeah. 
That has people, never happened ever. That exactly. Not those situation. words, but things like that happen to me all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear, you've got it rough, you have, haven't you? I'll say to you, when we go out on stage tonight, and you'll interrupt me and go, "We need, we need to say the lines of the show." I'll go, "No, not yet. Fine, but we need to remember that there's um, a man with a bomb in the audience." And you go, "Yeah." <laughs> oh yeah, I do remember that one. All right, that one did happen. But people do it to me all the time, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> oh, you're good. Oh, it kills me. It absolutely kills me. Yeah. Well, I, I've broken heard down on what the, you've I'll said. Broke, I'll, I'll have broken down somewhere, and I'll call my parents. I'll be like, my car's broken down. You've not got your keys in the ignition. I go, yep. I had the keys in the ignition. The car was driving. And it, it's on fire right now. <laughs> wiper fluid. You need to change your wiper fluid. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that. But uh, I know wiper fluid might put a bit of the fire out. But at the minute, uh, that's not happening to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard what you've said. I'll take it on board. And uh, I'll try to be better next time. Moving the issue forward. is, it's not you. It's everyone who knows me. The issue is, people are so bored by the way I speak. They have to cut me off halfway through and just guess where they think I'm going with the sentence. Yeah. I'll go, I'm so sad today because no one came to your birthday party. No, that's not the issue. I'm so sad today because someone tried to shoot you with a gun. No, what I'm trying to say is I'm so sad today because the Queen of England, Elizabeth II, has been murdered. Yeah. We don't even mention that, the murder of our Queen. Uh, (laughs) She's been killed by... uh, Somebody called Old Age. And, uh, yeah, now King Charles is the, is the king. A bit more. So I'm listening to Stephen Fry's audiobook, and yeah. he's and joining coronation, in. coronation, do you know? God, fucking hope he dies before it. Um, Set it to record on me planner. Let me tell you this. Yeah. Tom, Stephen Fry is joining in. Uh, with J.K. Rowling in uh, the discrimination of northern people. Because they've got this new yeah. character, Tonks, and like they've done with uh, Neville Longbottom, they're portraying a northern character as thick, uh, stupid, goofy, uh, clumsy. They've got Tonks running around breaking things, and Stephen Fry's doing a voice like this. I'm sorry! Like I, I could strangle you, Stephen Fry. <laughs> oh, I'll have to listen to it now. I, I, I was supposed to do last week. Oh, I am sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And then that screaming oh, portrait. In there. Is that screaming portrait? What's all that about? We're soon Scre- going to have a poll on uh, Instagram. Which screamer do you like the best? Is it the screaming butt? Is it the screaming egg? Or is it the new one, the screaming portrait? Which one do you prefer? I hate screaming. I think screaming is one of the most distressing things in the world. And I think that things that scream can't finish a sentence. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my pet hates. Screaming. Do you have any, do you have any more notes, Leader? <laughs> Just wondering why I even have that painting of Sirius Black's mum made. When did she pass away? Was she always horrible? Why would you want that in your house? Mm. Yeah, but that's it. 
Right. How many um, listening anuses out of five are you going to give this chapter? Uh, well, I enjoyed this chapter, actually. We get to see the House of Black, uh, which we don't know it is that yet. Um, we get to see some of our old friends, the Weasleys. That's it. And Hermione. Um, it's alright, we're setting a bit of mystery, aren't we? We find Sirius Black, we know his mum's in a painting. It's a bit of alright, I did enjoy it, and I enjoy this dark streak we're starting to see in Harry Potter, yeah? A bit of anger in there, a bit of hatred. Maybe something to do with his connection with the Dark Lord, I don't know. Mm. I'm going to give this a very solid four extendable anuses out of five. Mm. Excellent. This chapter, for me, had some interest. Um, We get to touch on, oh, we get to revisit old characters. We get a taste of each of them. Ron, Hermione, new characters, Tonks. (laughs) Um, And also... We get shades of Harry we've not seen in a while. Mental Harry. Atmosphere ruining Harry. We get a bit of plot, which is too much for me. As I said, they said Dumbledore too many times. Um, God. But you know what? i got to give this chapter three listening anuses out of five. Very good. Right, Lucas Kirkby, are you ready for this week's edition of Quiz? Yes. Quiz, quiz, I've got a quiz. Won't you sing along? Cause I'm singing you a quiz. I'm gonna ask you questions five, and you gotta answer me if you want the prize of seeing yourself alive. Question one. What shape... John wants the prize? <laughs> My <shape>? life? <laughs> what shape was the door knocker? No, uh, the shape of a serpent's head. No, it was a twisted circle. Question two. How was the chandelier described? Dusty. Cobwebby. Question three. How was the room in which Harry and Ron had their argument described? Dank. Correct. <laughs> Yay. Question four. How were they listening to the meeting? The extendable ears. Correct. What is Percy's new job title? Oh, <laughs> Oh, assistant to the minister. So close. Junior assistant to the minister. So for that, one out of five. Quiz. Hey, I got two. I said dank and extendable ears. Oh, yeah, you got two out of five. Quiz. Thank you. That was the quiz. Sing along. Quiz. Won't you? Three out of five. No, no, no. That was not a lyric. Oh. Singing. What, quiz? <laughs> you sang it about five times. How can it not be a lyric? Only <laughs> sang <that> quiz. <laughs> uh, 
Now, Tom, are you ready for this week's edition of Hedwig's Droppings? Yeah, totally. Let's hear them. We're not alluding to owl poo. We're not alluding to ploppings. We mean the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's Droppings. What's in a beak this week? Well, uh, we've not done Hedwig's Droppings for maybe two months, so there's quite a few, so maybe we'll have to split them up. But we will start with a lovely five-star review from Annie Hall 7. Mm. Annie says, very funny and sweet. I look forward to the podcast every Monday. We're sweet. We've also had another five-star review from Ewan 5. And Ewan says, I've never heard anyone else reference that don't you want to go work for the Inland Revenue from that old documentary in Ponderland. So just for that, I give you five stars. The podcast is also great. I think it's you that likes that documentary, isn't it? Yes, yes. And our final five-star review is from Simskihey, or Simskihey, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. And they say, I saw Tom's show at the Fringe and have since been making my way through this pod's glorious backlog of episodes. Soundtrack to my life vibes. I listen to multiple episodes a day, and these gents are now my best friends. I just sit in New Zealand laughing with them. Couldn't rate this higher. Literally, you've rated it five. Thank you. That is one of the most lovely to hear. That I'm bringing people to the pod from my personal comedy. My personal comedy. Okay, and we've had a message on the website from Bellatrix12. Now, Bellatrix12 says, Hey, Pottervision boys, I was listening to episode 30 or something in book two, and you were saying that Colin Creevy had only been petrified and not killed because he was looking through the glass of the camera. And if it's in a mirror, you can't get petrified. So why did Moaning Myrtle get petrified if she's got specs on? How do we answer that? Maybe she was looking, maybe they were like down her nose. You know, people people wear glasses. Oh, I think so. Maybe she was being a bit snobby at the basilisk. You wear glasses. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever do that? Do you ever look around like this? No. <laughs> Sometimes I have my glasses like that when I've got a mask on, so that uh, my, gl- my glasses don't steam up. I put my glasses down there. But I just look like Austin Powers after he's had sex, rather than a snob. So yeah, thank you very much, Bellatrix. Now we've had a load of new patrons. Uh, I think far too many to talk about uh, today, so we'll split them up. So first, uh, we've got a new baby Hermione, and I'll read the message that he sent us first. But his name is Joe Harper Herndon, and he said that he's just smashed through all of the episodes since seeing us at the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh every God. minute of all the episodes. Just a thought, the segment where Tom kisses the new Patreon subscribers, you could call it the presenter's kiss, just like the Dementor's kiss. Oh, that's not babies. bad. It's all right, isn't it? What's the name for and it at the minute? It, Tom kisses babies. <laughs> oh, it's just Tom kisses the babies, isn't it? But the presenter's kiss, maybe. Uh, and he says he'll also be joining the Patreon, and he has. He is our brand new baby, Hermione. And I'll plug in my laptop while you give him a kiss, Tom. What's he called? Joe Hartwell. Joe, Joe Harper 
Herndon. Joe Harper Herndon. You have won a golden ticket. Can you hear me? I'm not going to. I'm not going to say it if he can't hear me. He's run away. <laughs> I need an audience to do these on. Little git. He's like running around his little bedroom in his knickers. Right. Why would I do a, a whole story without you listening? I've got nothing to bounce off to know whether it's mad or not. They're always mad. Right. Okay. Joe, anyway, I'm back. You're... My laptop's plugged in. Joe. You have won a golden ticket to a tour of a chocolate factory. (laughs) You've been invited into a room. A little password was said before I went in. And then the door is opened. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Right. You are a little baby boy right and the sight of the chocolate river has got you excited you run 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 and you get so close to the river you reach your hand in to try and draw the chocolate river to your mouth but it's too slippy you fall off the river bank into the chocolate river oh no oh no everyone's shouting um Wonka is pissed off. <laughs> He's not been mentioned before, but we assume you know who Wonka is. I think it's up to me. I'm a worker of the factory. Right? I see you swirling round in the river. Help me, you say as a baby. I jump into the chocolate river after you, right? I grab your legs. If anything, I shouldn't have done this because it starts pulling you under. (laughs) Right. The whirlpool of the Chocolate River has got both of us, and we are slowly being sucked up a pipe, right? There's no earthly reason for me to still be holding your legs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is pushing us up the pipe, right? I'm holding your legs and we are shooting like a rocket up the pipe. We fly out of the pipe into the air. I spin you in the air, hold you in my arms, and lovely. We hope you enjoyed that, Joe. Now, our next new patron, actually, until right now doesn't know that they're a patron it's a surprise now uh, this person has been gifted this by emily who has the same surname as him so is either his wife or his sister or maybe his mum but she says i've signed him up as a birthday present he doesn't know yet and i won't tell him until you do the shout out we have recently discovered the podcast after a friend gina recommended and quickly became addicts Blasting through all of the episodes in the last couple of months. And we also have tickets to come and see you in November. Thanks for all the laughs. So welcome our new baby Harry and happy birthday to Alistair Southworth. Alistair Southworth. You have won a golden ticket. (laughs) (laughs) And you have been given a tour of a chocolate factory. (laughs) 
we are in a um a little boat and we are being taken down a tormenting tour of a tunnel right <laughs> there is no earthly way of knowing which way the water's flowing a projection is shone onto the wall of a millipede running over someone's lip disgusting (laughs) you are scared I place my fingers over your eyes (laughs) to stop to stop the fear right also I'm an umpa lumpa um (laughs) he's an umpa lumpa it does not work For you see, everyone around you in the boat is screaming. And so, to stop the sound, I also place my fingers in your ears and my thumbs in your eyes. Right? Now you cannot see and you cannot hear. (laughs) This is over... It was overstimulating for you before. (laughs) But now you are sound. The lights turn on and someone catches me doing this. They immediately get startled because I am not a relative of you. <laughs> they start slapping my hands away, trying to chase me off. I'm an umplumper. I'm nothing to do with this baby. But before I run away, I get them in. <laughs> Lovely. So there you go. And happy birthday, Alistair. <sighs> Now, we've also had a new baby, Harry. It's Annabelle Shorts. <laughs> she won a ticket as well. Annabelle. <laughs> this is the last one. Well, it's up to you. Well, there's five in the film. We can do five if you want to do the whole film. <laughs> Annabelle might as well do them all five because this next one won't be out for two weeks. Um, yeah. Annabelle Short. Right. You are sharing a bed with three... <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle Short. Not the other children. Your Grandpa Josephine. You are Grandpa Josephine as a baby, and you are sharing a bed with Grandpa Joe, Grandpa George, and that German one. Georgina. I don't know. Um, your legs are intertwined in the bed. Everyone has got leg-on-leg action with everyone, right? Some people have cold feet, so you're like baby bear, mama bear, papa bear. Cold foot, hot foot. Just right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're crawling round in the bed, and in comes your daughter to feed you some cabbage soup. Am I going to involve myself in this one? <laughs> <laughs> I open the door for I work for Child Protective Services. I think it is inappropriate that a baby <laughs> is sharing a bed with three f- fully aged people. I try and take you from the bed, but Grandpa Joe jumps up and tries to fight me. I punch him in the throat, and that completely disables him. I lift you up, <laughs> take you away, and you are safe. Mwah, 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 mwah. 
And we'll do two more for today. Uh, we're going to welcome another baby Harry. It's Freya Gerstad. Freya Gerstad. Is she German? I don't know. I don't well, know, Willy, Freya. Willy, Willy Wonka was filmed in Germany. There so, you go. You are the last remaining child, Freya Gerstad, of a tour of a chocolate factory. Yeah? You're about to get your prize. Though Mr. Wonka has just said goodbye, you get nothing. Your grandpa Joe leads you into his office, where he said, and she says, uh, "When does Freya get her prize?" Wonka goes, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Your grandpa Joe says, "The lifetime supply of chocolate. When does she get it?" Wonka says she gets nothing. She stole fizzy lifting drinks. The room has now to be washed and sterilized. She gets nothing. Medulla oblongata. I don't know why he said that, but he's screaming at both you and your grandfather. Enter me. I've overheard all this. I'm a new employee at this factory. <laughs> but I will not stand by where a full-grown man shouts at a child, right? I walk in. Mm. He's yeah. shouting. He's like, you, get back to work. I separate you both. <sighs> Grandpa on one side, Freya on the other. I approach Wonka. I grab him by his jacket. I shake him. I shake him hard. I shake him too hard. His head hits the wall. Oh, I've killed him. Right? Oh. <laughs> As first days goes, this is a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I turn to Grandpa Joe. He thanks me. He says, you're going to go to prison. I go, oh, no. I go, I'll be off. I pick you up and I start walking out the door with you. He goes, where are you going with her? I go, I don't know. <laughs> Hold you in my arms. No, 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 no. And I hand you back to Grandpa Joe. Lovely. So there you are, Freya Kirstad. Now, finally for today, we'll do one more. And this person has actually requested extra kisses from you, Tom. It's Cameron Spencer. Cameron Spencer. The floor is yours. What do you want, Cameron? You have requested a bean feast. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron wants a feast. Not just any kind of feast. Cameron wants a bean feast. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cameron. I'm sorry. You want a bean feast? That's disgusting. Baked beans? Um, lima beans? I don't know. Green beans? How many beans are there? But you are running. You are dancing. Right? You are screaming. You are throwing plastic wrap all in the place you jump onto a weighing scale that determines whether you are good or bad it starts to teeter towards the bad uh -oh. luckily for you i'm there i grab said arrow <clears throat> and i crank it back to good <sighs> cameron buddy you're good i take you off the scales i say you're gonna get your bean feast you're going to get it. But for now, there you are, Cameron Spencer. And that was the end of Hedwig's Droppings.
So if you are a new patron who hasn't yet had a shout out, please understand that we didn't want another 10 minutes of that in one episode. So you might get a shout out next time. Speaking of which, next time, which is in two weeks' time, we'll be on episode 99. Put a flake in it for us. It's episode 5 of The Order of the Phoenix. Uh, and it's The Order of the Phoenix. It's called the same title as the bloody book itself. You have been Mother Nature's own Tom Lawrenson. And you have been the goblin man that lives in her tree, Lucas Kirkby. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Oh. Thank you for listening to the Pottervision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Pottervision.